I mentioned this once uh, when you uh, on the episode where you got back from your honeymoon on uh, at the very beginning. Um, but I've had time to think about it. I've had time to um, experiment, if that makes sense. Okay. A little bit, Justin. Uh, and I think I can say officially now, having you know done a bunch of experimentation, got it. That I, Peter Hunspitzek, am just a really big <laughs> fan of pineapple on pizza in the right context. Okay. All <laughs> right. All right. I, I think we've talked about this before. Like I, I would, I would put money saying that we probably have, but I don't remember where you, uh, like fall with it. And I do, I just want to know where, wh- where you're coming from vis-a-vis pineapple on pizza. Like I would go for it if we're at like a buffet, like a pizza buffet. Like if you're at like, the home run in pizza buffet, you know, their lunch buffet mm-hmm. and they had like a pineapple, like, you know, a pineapple pizza there. I'd go for a slice. Sure. Sure. But Like if I am ordering like a pizza to eat, I don't think I'd order like a full pizza with pineapple on top. It's like a couple slices, though. If you get it with sausage, it's pretty good. So. All right. So that's the thing. Pineapple on its own? No, thank no, you. No, you can't do that. Just a regular Hawaiian pizza? To be honest, no thank you. Like, I'll eat it. Yeah. Because it's pizza, but no thank you. Yeah. The spicy Hawaiian pizza, an invention that I've recently come in contact with. Yes, please. Now, that's pineapple. That's Canadian bacon. Oh, and what are those on top? Those are jalapeno peppers. Ooh. <laughs> it's very good. And like I said, I've um, had a lot of time to really, like, percolate on it, really think about it go over some sources and facts. Um, I've had probably six (laughs) uh, uh, since I've discovered that it, it's really quite good. Um, And I would just like to recommend that to you, even if you uh, dear listener as well uh, are not like, if if that doesn't sound like, if you aren't one to typically go for pineapple on pizza, I, I recommend giving this a shot. Maybe just do half you know, like half a pizza or a quarter pizza, if they even do that. Um, you're, it's it's quite good. There's a lot of depth to it. It's a very, it's a very, comp, like, I like a challenging food. <laughs> I would say it's a challenging, it's a challenging bite, you know? But, like, I, I don't know, like, I just understand the hate of it. Like, like, is it a taste It's thing? weird. It, I, it's weird. Like, I get it. Like, I do get it. Because, I mean, like, for me, it's always been like, I just don't like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, like I know that people do. Um, it's not like like black licorice, which I just don't understand how a human being can eat on pizza. You know? Yeah, I wouldn't eat that. Well, <laughs> that's <laughs> low on my list of <laughs> toppings. <laughs> All right, here's a question: On a dessert pizza, does it have to be like if if okay if a des- if you're having a dessert pizza, does it have to be a fully dessert pizza or can it be a regular pizza with dessert as the topping? Uh, it depends on the type of pizza that we're talking about. But I think sometimes when you're making like a dessert pizza, you want to think about that from a crust perspective too. That's what I'm saying, like crust sauce yeah. and cheese perspective or Um I usually expect the crust to be a little sweeter, whether that's cinnamon sugar like brushed on mm-hmm, it or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but yeah. essentially like a pizza dough is bread. So like you can make that it's, pretty good. It can go either way. Yeah, um, kind of neutral. But I had a really good dessert pizza. It was a s'mores pizza. And oh, was this on your pizza tour that got canceled? Yeah, it was on the it was it was on the pizza tour that got canceled. Sorry, I, I don't yeah. mean to bring that up. I know, no, it's, I know it's yeah. still fresh. Uh, dear listener, bit. I went on a Chicago pizza tour. <laughs> it was my birthday gift from my loving wife. Um, and I was super excited to go on it. 
And it was basically you'd go, you'd get on a bus, you'd go to four pizza places, you get pizza at each place, you'd have a tour guide talking about like the pizza. Um, so we get to the first pizza place. We have like the original Chicago deep dish pizza. I forget the name of the place. That's how, you know. Um, but it was really good. We get to the second place. We, you know, get on the bus, get to the second place, eat our pizza there. Um, and he said, I even have a special dessert pizza for you all. So we had this s'mores pizza, uh, ate like one piece. And by this point, I had a lot of pizza in me. And I was like, I got to conserve the amount of pizza I'm going to eat because I got two more stops on this pizza tour. Yeah, yeah. So then we go outside and our tour guide was frantically trying to find our bus driver who disappeared. And we could not find our bus driver for about an hour and a half. And by the time we did, in fact, find the bus driver, uh, the pizza tour was over. So we got refunded uh, our full money, which was nice. uh, But I did not have more of this wonderful s'mores pizza because I was expecting to eat more. And I wish I did because it was really good. And it was just like a normal pizza crust, which... I said all the stuff. Did it have marinara sauce? (laughs) No, it did not have marinara sauce. Because that's my question. Like that's my question. It's like for a dessert pizza to work, is like can you do a regular pizza and like sweet toppings on it? Well, I okay. I would say that depends on the sauce. I could see a world where you have like a um, sweet enough tomato sauce that has a lot of sugar in it that it could potentially work. But like while that would work, there's so many better ways to do it. But. Have we done it? Like a, do you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 obvious. Like, <laughs> oh my god, dude, you're like, you're bringing back memories. Have you ever watched Doug, the TV show Doug? Doug Funny, yeah, yeah, my man. <laughs> so they did <laughs> the this exact kite. thing, yeah. sort of. Um, okay, they were making pizza and they were trying to find out like a good topping for it. I forget why. The pro- the, I just remember where it went. And they put banana on top of the pizza. And everyone's like, that's disgusting. But they ate it, and they loved it. And at the end of it, he was sitting there dipping a banana just straight into some pizza sauce, which I guess is technically not tomato sauce. It's a specific type of tomato sauce, but that's debatable. Um, And then forevermore, I was always like, I wonder what it would be just take a banana and dip it in some pizza sauce. Can I tell you something? You did that? I'm thinking right now. No. Like, that sounds like I would try that. Yeah. If someone, if, if, if I would try that. Yeah. If it was a Doritos flavor, I'd eat it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dorito flavored banana or Dorito flavored dip? No, if it was a Dorito flavor that was banana pizza, I'd eat that. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, if it was a Dorito yeah, yeah. flavor. If it was a chip flavor, I would eat that chip yeah. flavor. Um, I mean, a plantain is like but a but a salty little uh she, she she's a she's a tiny little banana. Yeah, it's it's like a t- banana's friend. Tiny yeah. little banana. Um, plantain chips are a thing. You can eat those. They're really and, good. They're quite good. Yeah. So you just put those. I'm sure that would work. I'm sure. Um, do you want to make? Well, a, just, what would your topping be on this regular? Oh, I don't know. Like like a, a cookie. To be honest with you, like instead of pepperonis, do cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> I know that sounds fucking insane. But think about it more. Think about what that would taste like. Think about what the texture would be like if it's like a pretty soft cookie. Like it's like a jewel jewel cookie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in that like purple bag. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like it, yeah. <laughs> it's it might be all right. It might be okay. Uh, I just I felt like we hadn't had an intro where we talked about food for actually too long. <laughs> <laughs> for actually way too long. I'm look. I don't know what it's gonna be like in the final episode. But right now we're at the seven minute and fifty five second mark, and. Like, <laughs> I think we got. I think we still have more juice in this in this this here intro, but I, we we have to stop it here. It's hitbox.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Hitbox, episode number 155. My name is Peter Hans Bittek. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful friend and co-host, Justin Makovich. Justin, how are you? The dog days of summer are winding down. I know that you're about to start teaching again soon. Are you okay? I mean, I, I yeah, I guess I'm fine. Um, big, big news in my life. I now officially own two houses. So sick. Um, that's not a permanent thing because let me tell you, mortgages, you we, don't want two of them. Because you own one and then you sort of pass it off to someone else. Eventually, but for a month yeah, I have two it, houses. I mean, yeah. Um, and uh, one of our good uh, Patreon producers, uh, Dave Parker, uh, we are um, we are now neighbors uh, via area code. So Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I thought you were going to say he's buying your Yeah, he's buying, place. He's buying like, my current actually place. quite the hookup. Yeah. That's actually a very... There's a separate Patreon tier for that. <laughs> yeah, if you want, if you want to lease my condo, uh, no, yes. but um, the yeah. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. Congratulations! Yeah, you're yeah. a backyard owner. I, I am. Um, I have a yard, uh, sort of, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. It's like a next step, but like it's also like you're doubling a mortgage, and you're like, I hope it's worth it, but like you need space. You know what I mean? I imagine the stress that that puts on on one is um, immense, yeah. but I'm glad that you have that because I know that in the long run, owning a, a home owning is going to be very exciting for you. Oh yeah, I mean you you own your condo like like that's home owning, but like like owning a big home. Well, but right now if there's a, a bee like nest that's being formed between my window and the bricks outside yeah i don't have yeah. to take care of it yeah there's i just have call. to helplessly call my hoa every day for three four weeks straight and nothing gets yep. done um yep. i get to be the one spraying the, those bees if it was my own place i get to be the one that puts myself in harm way harm's way so exciting well stuff. i'm i'm so excited to hear all the stories about the bee the fights you get in and whatever else <laughs> awaits you like five, the giant rats that live in the basement or whatever yeah um, <laughs> i'm so excited to hear all about it um when when that does happen but before you tell me about all that i do want to tell you about what what to expect from the video game news that's coming up uh we got overwatch 2 has become the worst reviewed game on steam of all time assassin's creed mirage gets a new surprising release date and a ps5 slim seems to be out in the wild we're going to talk about those three headlines and many more uh before we get to that though justin i want to give our listeners a reminder to Hop into our Discord server. The link to that is in the description of this episode. Support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash hitboxpod. Become a $1 podcast producer or a $3 podcast, a deluxe podcast producer like Jay Knoll and like our beloved Dave Parker, who is going to be your zip code neighbor. Yep. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yep. Um, Every single week, those uh, deluxe Patreon producers are getting um, an additional 30-minute bonus episode, and for the entire month of August, they're also getting they're getting two bonus episodes um, because we missed those two weeks for uh, 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 your honeymoon. If you can't support us there, no worries. You can support us by following us on Twitter.com, at HitboxPod. If you wanted to rate our podcast on your podcast player of choice, that would also do a lot for us. But enough about all of that. Justin, let's talk about the Metacritic Roundup. Let's do it. Metacritic Roundup. Three games in the Metacritic Roundup this week with first ever returning uh, uh, game, 
<laughs> with Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah. Baldur's Gate 3, last time we talked, I think had seven or eight reviews. I don't remember exactly how many, um, but not enough to really give us a finalized score on the PC version. But now the game uh, has been out for, at this point, uh, you know, a few like a week and a half two weeks maybe and reviewers have had even more time with it um there are currently 31 reviews for baldur's gate on pc it's sitting at a 97 on metacritic.com why is that an important number uh has edged out the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom what which is sitting at 96 for the best game of the year in terms of reviews um I this game was not on my radar one week ago, and now it's the sort of thing where I'm gonna have to play it, and I think I'm gonna love it. It's just when is that gonna happen? I'm gonna wait until it's um, PS5 release, uh, which comes out uh, right before Starfield this month. Or oh, it's in September, isn't it? Yeah, right, bad. right, right before that. So that's quite bad. Yeah, yeah. I, so I'm excited to play this game. I really want to play it. I think I'm the same thing. I'll wait for the PS5 version just because, like, I know I'm more likely to play it on. Um, remote play whatever i'll be more likely to play that than i would on the pc but i think this game is officially the tipping point for me because it officially has made me overwhelmed with the games i have to play this year because what else you got on your on your list so so games that have not been announced uh uh, released yet (laughs) i know some games aren't gonna be announced (laughs) i was like whoa (laughs) Uh, metroid prime 4 no i'm just kidding um so uh baller's gate 3 is one i want to play um starfield is one i want to play spider-man 2 is one i want to play i forgot Um, i keep forgetting about that i I mean i don't know if that says good things about it um but uh i do want to play alan wake 2 significantly that's a high one um one that i hope i don't miss because of how many other things there are to play um that might be a game that if it's like a 90 i'm definitely playing but if it's lower i might push it back a little bit yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, other games that are coming out that I would potentially want to play. Liza P, I would like to try it, but I don't think that game is happening in my future. Um, but, uh, but I mean, like, it's going to be on Game Pass. That's true. I might, I might test. So, like, for a night, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, let's give this a shot. Like, you know. Um, Super Mario Wonder, I've also wanted to yep. play. Uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, uh, I, uh, you're out of my my. 2023 gaming. I mean, all those games, like I think out of all those games, what I just said, the shortest one is probably going to be super Mario wonder. Yeah, because you could probably just like run through yeah, that in a few hours. Like, I'll but be able still, to like, probably a lot of other stuff. Right, in there. I'll beat it. I don't know if I'm gonna like 100 percent it, but and that's yeah, still yeah. I still got that uh, Final Fantasy 16 to play. I still got to finish Diablo f- uh, four, but I know that's not one you can quite finish. Um, yeah. I got to play Dead Space and Resident Evil Four, the remakes of that's those. True. Um, like there's like there's so much that I have to play this year. Um, did I say Armor Core yet? That's on Game no, Pass. Oh, but I'm yeah. I'm so excited for that too. I like we'll talk about it a bit with Sekiro and everything. I'm I'm so ready yeah. for that game. And I'm excited to play it, but like I don't I think that's going to be one that knowing the kind of gamer I am that might get pushed back and then will I ever play it? I mean, maybe next year in the emptiness that is 2024 allegedly. Yeah, cuz that, cuz that's kind of like I mean like we just don't I, you know, studios are right now like so uh, hesitant to to announce like release dates and whatever, which I think is to be honest a good thing because it means that 
we're getting like release dates closer to when the game comes out and then like it's just a lot less likely to be delayed you know what i mean helps with like expectations in that regard but like when looking at 2024 it's like there are no release dates for it it's just like a bunch of games that might come out then yeah but um, yeah, no, th- I'm going to play this. Uh, this game looks like a lot of fun. This might be a good one. I might play this with Elena um, w- once we move, just because, like, it-, it seems very... I mean, it's like it's Dungeons & Dragons, you know what I mean? And she plays that with her friends. So, like, I think having something like this might be a little fun. It might be a little bit more restrictive than, than you know, her games of D&D, which, you know, you can do anything, you know, whereas, like, you have to, like, follow these set rules of whatever in a video game. But, um I, uh, yeah, I'm well, going to play this. I, I saw so. a literal video where someone stacked up boxes so high that they could climb up on top of them and basically like use a teleport arrow to get on top of a building that they weren't supposed to access. Okay, so maybe. So <laughs> maybe there's a lot to it that I have a lot of options in I, this like, game. Hearing everything, like I've heard, like, as you know, it's everyone's talking about it on every podcast this week. You know what I mean? Everyone's playing it, and whatever. And it's just like, like hearing all those stories. Yeah, it is similar though. Just like, there's a lot in this. Like you can do a lot, but, um, yep. I will play this in report back, um, when it comes out on PS five, but probably not right away. Cause it's Starfield and whatever else, but, um, there, I will be, uh, sitting down with this game with a big cup of, a cup of tea in a big blanket. Oh, okay. We're going to hang out and I'm going to, I'm going to spill that a tea. goblin or whatever. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, there's a lot of I've seen a lot about the horniness of this game and apparently it is um, uh, immeasurable but <laughs> I don't want to end it there but that's all I have to say <laughs> I was going to follow up with like oh it's measurable about six six and a half seven inches you know <laughs> yeah sure yeah and a good day you know it depends on like anyway temperature uh, <laughs> Next game here, Atlas Fallen on PS5, scored a 64, on PC, a 72, and on Xbox Series X, a 70. Um, This is a third-person action-adventure game uh, that, I'll be honest with you, um, I have confused this game for Immortals of Avium every single time (laughs) I've seen it on, like, the release calendar and whatever. Um, This is, like, a a fantasy kind of, like, 3D, like... It's just like action adventure. Like I know that's such a such a broad term, but like this game, in my opinion, doesn't seem to really have much of an identity um, in terms of like its gameplay stylings and whatever. It's like like uh, melee combat and stuff against like big monsters and whatever. But where I think a lot of other games have sort of turned into um, Dark Souls and stuff like that for their uh, inspiration, this game seems to be a lot closer to something like Dark Siders, um, which. Uh, Hey, I like Darksiders. I think I only ever play. I think I only ever played the first one, but um, I don't know. What, what is? How do you feel about this? The scores aren't incredible, not terrible by any means, but like not something that I am rushing out to play at the very least. But what do you think? I, I think like yeah, sixty four is not a terrible score, but again, we we think of scores a lot of times like out of high school grading, so that means it's like not good and. We just yeah. talked about how many other games there out there that there are to play this year. Um, I mean, I think there are dozens of games that would be more interesting and unique than this game. And I think it's it's greatest sin is it's just not, it doesn't look like it brings anything new to the table. Um, yeah, which, I think I think what you said actually does um, help like clear, like help me like maybe justify how I feel about it a little bit more of just like 
a 70 on Xbox Series X does not is not a bad score for me. 72 on PC, not a terrible score. PS5, 64, that's starting to edge towards like mm, not, not something I would really want to spend time with. But um, for me, like I think that the competition this year has just been so, so heavy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and the competition of my time and my my focus, um, especially with things like Starfield and, you know, Baldur's Gate on PS4 and or PS5 and, and Alan Wake and whatever else around the corner. Right. Like it's just that something like this getting scores like this might be good to check out eventually if it ends up in a bargain bin somewhere for me. But um, other than that, I uh, probably not. Huh? Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a, one of the qu- critic reviews from Player Two. Uh, states that when you break it down, there's nothing in Atlas Fallen we haven't seen before. Everything it does, someone else has done in another game. That being said, what Deck 13 has done is bring these elements together into a rollicking adventure that hits all the right notes for action fans, tells an engaging, if cliche, story, and never outsays its welcome. Um, and they gave it an 83, so that's one of the hot, the, the highest critic reviews. <laughs> so um, if they are even saying nothing's new about it, I think we're to a point now where you want to play something that has newness to it or something that you have already an affinity for. And this game doesn't seem to have either of those two things. Some of it does something like really well yeah. too. Yeah. Um, by the way, this was um, uh, a player to dot net. I've never heard of before, but it is an Australian website. Um, so if you want to read me that in your best Australian accent again, that little blurb there all right uh, that sure appreciate it <clears throat> go ahead when you break it down there's nothing <laughs> in atlas falling we haven't seen before okay yeah is that good yeah it was ex- I, I closed my eyes and i was you were you were there. taken you were taken back to your drifted away <laughs> to yes. your time in australia <laughs> last game in the metacritic roundup stray gods the role-playing musical on ps5 scored a 79 on xbox series x a 75 on PC, A74, um, not scored on the Switch, Xbox One, or PS4. But all around, you know, mid-70s to high-70s here uh, for, for those three scores. Have you heard of this game, Justin? Uh, no, but... I didn't. And then when I heard the title, I was like, well, that sounds kind of neat, doesn't it? It literally... The title sounds like it's a video game Mad Lib. You know what I mean? <laughs> like... <laughs> yes, yes. A role-playing musical called Stray Gods. Uh, no, what, what what's up with this game? Uh, let me hit you with the summary on Metacritic here, actually. I think it does a, a decent job, like, catching you up. Gods, romance, murder, musical numbers? Play as Grace in a world where Greek gods live in, a, uh, live in hiding among us. Change your fate as you draw friends, foes, and lovers into song using the powers of musical persuasion to unravel the mystery of the last muse's death. Um, so this is a game that, that uh, does a bunch of, like... Um, RPG stuff. Uh, I, I don't. I think it's it's like a lot of still images and and like visual novel stuff. I think. Um, if I'm re- correct, I, I read the Kotaku review of this when it came out. Um, because I thought I think Ash Parrish wrote it. Um, and and I I find their reviews to be pretty excellent. Um, but what I'm trying to say is, um. A lot of people seem to think it's a mixed bag where you've got like good voice acting and stuff like that. Um, but the songs, which should be the pinnacle and like the absolute height of the game, uh, which has the word musical in its title, um, are kind of weak uh, and and not too great. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
this seems interesting, but I, I think for me, the whole thing of like, first of all, I'm, I'm like, I do like musicals, but I'm not like a musical person, like diehard, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not like rushing to go check this out. And then also again, with like just the economy of time and, and focus right now, just s- scoring here for a game that doesn't particularly interest me, um, is, uh, not enough. Yeah, I agree. It's like it's nothing necessarily this game. There's just so much out this year that there are um, a ton of other games to play. Um, and that's, you know, maybe one day, but there's just a lot of good games this year. That's the thing. Like, like, I think that when when looking at like the names of titles uh in the future when, when like there gets to be a low point of 2024 or whatever, like a slow point in terms of like, um, uh, releases, it might be the sort of thing where like, Oh yeah, this sounds kind of interesting. Like, let's check this out, you know? Yeah. But, um, especially cause it's published by humble games. Um, so I imagine that there will be some pretty, pretty excellent deals for that. Um, what did IGN review that game? A 10 out of 10. They own humble games, by the way. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, or the, oh no, no, their parent that. company, I think, owns... Ziff Davis? Yeah, Ziff Davis owns the Humble, so... What a weird name for a company. Well, when you're... Yeah. If you're... What a weird name. I feel sorry for Mr. Ziff and Mr. Davis. Do you, Oh, you think it's two different people? It's, hopefully. I always assumed that it was one I mean, guy. if your name was Ziff Davis, I mean, that sounds... That sounds like you're from money. You know what I mean? <laughs> it does. That's like a Rockefeller I, I've never heard of Matkovich as a... As a as a billionaire, as a mogul, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin, you play any games this week? Mm-hmm. Um, so first game I want to touch on is a game that came out about a year ago, uh, actually. To this point, uh, Diablo Immortal. Is it Immortals? Immortals. Diablo. Oh, you play? I read that wrong. I thought that said four because I just assumed. But you got a whole ass word behind Diablo Immortal. You <laughs> yeah. played the, the phone game. Yeah, I played. I played the phone game. Um, and um, you you. Played it a little bit, correct? Yeah, I did some guides for it. Did you like it? Um, uh, not like really. Like it was okay. Yeah, um, it, it it was. Um, ah, there's a fly. Um, it was very similar to um, Diablo Four, but I think like just less in every way. You where where if like Diablo Four is like cranked up to eleven. Diablo Immortal for me was like running at like a three. Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like where it's fine, but just like it doesn't have like the specialness so that I think Diablo four has. But um, so tell me about your experience with that. I, yeah. I, I think that's a good assessment to it. Like if you are if you have if no other options, like if, if like no, no other factors are involved and you have a choice between playing Diablo four and Diablo Immortal, I would say play Diablo four. Um, but if you don't have money to buy Diablo four, you love Diablo. Um, Diablo Immortal is pretty good. Uh, with a little, little, little asterisk by it, or so I've read. Um, I have probably played it for about 15 hours. That's a lot. Dang. Um, but it's really easy just to kind of like pick up and play a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're playing on your backbone? Well, I started to, but actually I don't prefer it on the backbone. Um. Oh, interesting. Because there are some inputs that you still kind of need to use the touchscreen for. It's not like exactly a one-to-one or mm. you have the cursor and it's just too hard because it's tap control. So basically yeah. I can still play with with like laying in bed with my little thumb and like tapping around. Um, but the game is actually pretty good for just single player uh, PVE stuff. Um, and you don't have to put any money in to have a good 
PVE time or buy any currencies in order to have a good PVE time. When you say, uh, did you not experience any other players? Or are you saying the PVE stuff the is PVE good? The PVE stuff is good. Got it. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I have not gotten much into um, PVP, but what I've been reading up about this game and where the predatory nature of microtransactions comes in is it's kind of like for PVP, which is like a big part of the end game. If you yep. have more money, you have more, if you spent more money, you have a greater chance to have better gear, better gear and everything and yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And you have a better chance of, you know, just being better because of that. So it's kind of like, you got to put money in to quickly get the uh, roles that you want. Um, but I don't play PVP, so I don't care. Um, yeah. And the game is like a very simplified version to start of a Diablo. But then it gets more complicated in terms of the end game stuff has much more to do with getting these roles of specific uh, socket uh, enchantments that you can put in. And the mm -hmm. end game is much more focused on those to enhance your armor rather than getting like characters that you roll or anything like that. It's just like you have a better diamond that you can put into your armor. Um, and that's where it kind of comes into the getting the like four or five star enchantments or whatever, or the basically the stuff that matters for the uh, paying for it, you don't need to do it. It just gets really grindy yeah. at the end of it. So I'm finding it to be enjoyable. I don't feel like I need to spend money on it. It's a good way to just do a quick dungeon. They have a lot of very convenient things about it um, with the fact that it is you can get through a dungeon in about eight minutes, eight to 10 minutes, you're done with it. You're in and out. You got something, you got some gear. I feel like generally you can do that, but I feel like the problem with Diablo four is that when I'm playing that game and you do like a story mission, it just feels like you have to, it takes more time than yeah. just like kind of going around the overworld and stuff like that. Um, there's also like a auto walk feature in Diablo Immortal. Yes, there is. Which yes, there is. makes it even more user-friendly to kind of just go through and have on in the background and stuff. So um, I was actually surprised at how much I, I, I enjoyed this game. And I think I just like that Diablo formula pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing I miss is the customization of your character in terms of build. In Diablo 4, you have a huge skill tree with a lot of different options to like customize your character. This one, it's just you choose your different skills. And that's kind of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I had more time to play uh, phone games this week because I was kind of out of town for a little bit and everything. And I put a lot of time into Diablo Immortal, and I'm glad I did. So uh, re recommend it if you got a phone or PC, Easy. I guess. But Oh, it is on PC. Yeah, yeah but I'm sure it doesn't. It, that's probably not really optimized for I'd, PC. <laughs> I'd, I'd play Diablo 4. Yeah. The, like, if you, got, if you got the cash, I guess, but yeah. Uh, also, I played a little game called Venba. Are you familiar yeah. with the game Venba, Peter? Yeah, so we talked about this last week. Mm -hmm. um, okay, I was in the Metacritic I, roundup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it scored well. Uh, I, I think we just we touched on it a little bit. Um, did you play the whole thing? Did you, I did. It's on Game Pass. I did. Yeah. So it's on Game Pass. Um, I'm going to start with probably why this game didn't get better reviews. Uh, it's short. Very short. Like very short? It's maybe yeah. an hour and a half. Maybe. Um, and that was not with me racing through it. So um, the basic premise of this game is it is a cooking game connected with a cooking puzzle game connected with a visual novel. Um, you play 
uh, a character who um, her and her wife and her and her, sorry, her, <clears throat> you're playing a game uh, where you have uh, two immigrants in Canada who came over from India and they are trying to start a life. They are having this like existential crisis about like, should we go back? It's easier to get jobs in India, but more opportunities in Canada. You know, we, I, I don't know if we should stay. We're kind of running out of money. What should we do? And then the mom gets pregnant. And they stay with the baby. And that is kind of the premise of the story. You have this immigrant couple who are trying to raise a kid in Canada, in a Western kind of society. And Mm -hmm. the struggles about trying to hold on to your culture while obviously assimilating to where you live. And as someone who's not an immigrant, I didn't necessarily connect with that aspect of the story, though I could recognize as like being an empathetic human being that that must be tough. The thing yes. I empathized with a lot in this story was about how to raise a kid and how to balance that act about your expectations for that kid versus what that kid should kind of like discover on their sure. own, right? Yeah. And it was just a really good story about family. And it was surprisingly emotional. Um, like there was a couple parts in there that I was like, "Oh my god!" And it like really like hit the feels. And like there's this one, there's this one moment, very specific moment. Um, it happens with the main character, um, and she's just lying in bed. It's a very subtle moment, but it was so well done. And what makes this visual novel fun, or at least playable, is the cooking mini games. And basically, you get this recipe book that has incomplete, uh, the recipes in it are incomplete. Whether it's in a language you don't understand, or a, a pages got ripped out of it, um, or it, you know there's a bunch of smudges on it so you don't see the ingredients. And you basically have to find a way to put the recipe together correctly. And it's one of those things where you can kind of like think about how to do it. Like there's a thing when you have to like fry uh uh, foods and make a, a stock with it and they basically like you have to say like how do you start frying this do you put the potatoes in first do you put the tomatoes in first or do you put the spices in first which one would you put in first peter the potatoes tomatoes or spices i would probably lead with potatoes and then do tomatoes and then do spices so the correct answer is the spices, potatoes, and um, uh, tomatoes. Oh, really? And they kind of explain it. So the the spices, they're the spices that they put in. It was like a, it, maybe they were like more like peppers or whatever. Um, you wanted to first like get the flavor, then put the potato stuff in, and then you put the because they they take the longest the potatoes and the tomatoes go in last because the tomatoes have water they, in them. So if you yeah, put the water in them, it just right kind away. of like makes everything dissolved or whatever. Um, so those are the kind of puzzles you deal with sometimes like thinking about, well, what's the best order of operations for this? Mm. And sometimes they'll provide hints with like looking at the recipe. Sometimes you'll have like a memory, like, Oh, I remember when my mom cooked this. Um, and then sometimes if you're really stuck, they just have a tell me answer (laughs) and like, it was even like, give me a hint. And they're like, are you sure you want to do the hint? And you're like, yes or no. And you're like, no, I got this. I can actually do it. Um, so you're kind of like puzzling out this cooking little cooking puzzle, but the way they connect all these meals with the, with the essential part of the story. And as I said, this is about, um, uh, immigrant family that or immigrant parents that are struggling with losing their kid 
to the culture where they've assimilated to. And Mm -hmm. one of the ways they try, there's a a thing when, when the, when the kid wants to have pizza, he's like, I want pizza. And then the mom's like, how about something kind of like pizza, but it's kind of a cooler, different thing. And she makes a traditional dish that kind of comes out like a rocket ship. And the kid has all these like great memories about doing it, but there's just such, it's such an interesting story. It doesn't overstay its welcome. And I personally think that a game like this would not have resonated with me as much if it was longer. It was just as long as it needed to be. Um, sure. And it was a good experience. And because it's on Game Pass, I think this is an easy recommend for anyone. Um, mm-hmm. Like in the time that it would take to watch a movie, you could play this game and get a good story out of it. Um, now, that's to say, like, is this game worth 20 bucks? I think so. Um, but like just knowing that part of it is that it is a shorter gameplay experience and there's really not much I could do to play it again. Like not much replayability in it or anything like that, but I highly recommend I, it was, it was a surprise for me that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, so Venba play it. Yeah. I'll, I will give that a shot, especially it's on game pass and, and you know, we talked about it and recommendation from you means, uh, I'll give that a shot. I think we said this last week too, but like, oh man, a short game. Oh, oh a short, really good game. Yeah. No. Oh man. Oh, and Starfield's just around the corner. What am I going to do uh, between now and then? Yes. Oh, can't think of anything. Baldur's I'll tell you what I'm doing right now. In. I'm playing Sekiro, dude. Holy shit. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Are you okay? <laughs> I, I'm at the end and I'm very frustrated. But uh, <laughs> oh god, have you, how many times have you rage quit on it? Uh, ever since that first time, uh, I, I haven't done that again. Okay, okay. Um, there have been times where I walked away and I was like, I'm gonna come back to this in like an hour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, like let it, you know, let it sit, let it, let me think about it. Um, the first the, when that happened was with um, the most recent time that happened was with um, the Guardian Ape, where if you haven't played it. Uh, I'm going to spoil this little bit about this this thing and uh, it's it's an excellent moment but I won't spoil maybe the other excellent moments in this uh excellent game. Basically uh you end up you jump down in this arena and there's a big like a giant fucking ape that's just hanging out. It, like like a King Kong sized ape basically. Uh maybe not. I don't know how big he was. He's a big ape. It's like as big say. as an owl bear, right? Uh, what's that? I think it's from Baldur's Gate. There's a owl bear. Okay, I'm <laughs> trying. It's 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 like you know like, like like twice your size. Maybe it's huge. And so you jump down and you fight this ape. And oh, it's a tough fight. Oh, it's a tough fight. And in Sekiro, I know you played a little bit of it, right? Or yeah, no? yeah, I got uh, like a I don't know, an eighth of the way through okay. it. <laughs> gotcha. So like so in Sekiro, basically you um uh an enemy has a health bar and a posture bar. And basically a posture bar is like their um, balance. And if you fill that bar up all the way, they get off balance and you can instantly do a kill strike, a death blow on them. Or if you lower their health all the way, you can instantly, you do a death blow on them. Right. And so boss enemies will frequently, uh, will have multiple death blows required to kill them. But you jump down and this guardian ape just has one death blow. And you see that in the corner, just one death blow. Okay, easy. It's a hard fight. And you fight it, and you fight it, and you fight it, and eventually you beat it, right? I beat it, and I'm like, scraped by by the skin of my teeth. Get the death blow. I'm like, yes! Like, I'm so stoked about it. 
And then you sort of like basically like you get all the UI that pops up when you like beat a big boss. It says like Shinobi execution, like all this stuff happens that like means you you beat the boss. And then you kind of start looking around the area of like, where do I go next? And then all of a sudden. So basically the, the ape had a big sword lodged into its neck the whole time you're fighting it. And so when you kill it, you cut its head off with the sword. And. All of a sudden. The ape gets back up, picks up its head in one hand and a sword in the other. And then now it's got another it's a, it's second phase is this. And so it's the sort of thing where it's like you spent all of your resources. You tried so hard to kill this ape. You spent so long doing it. And then it's like, oh, and there's a second phase that's like way different and also very difficult. Yeah. Incredible. So incredible, shocking moment where you're like, no, <laughs> it's so good. So just to be clear, you did not, in fact, beat that on your first go. I did not, in fact, okay, so like then when you go. go to fight it again, is the head off or do you have to cut the head off again? You got you got to do that whole first. So phase again. I'm pretty sure that the first time was pretty cool. The second, third, maybe well, fourth well, time. But then it's the sort of thing where you go, you go like, OK, well, I just got to I got to learn. I got like it's the sort of thing where you realize like, OK, well, I am not going to be able to scrape by like that again you know what yeah, I mean? if i'm yeah. using too many resources like i've got to figure out how do you fight this thing better so that i can then get to that second part unscathed yeah right yeah and so i i think that that's kind of a a fun aspect of the game right um i'm stuck right now on a, on a boss called the uh demon of hatred um which is just an incredible name for an enemy in a video game uh it, it is an optional boss um but i'm i've been fighting all of the optional bosses because um, they're very, very challenging, but the rewards are good. Uh, and it's um, at the very, very end of the game. Uh, and I, I I want to be able to say that I beat this whole game and like that I was able to overcome this thing. Um, Is the Demon of Hatred just Calamity Ganon? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it's, it's all on fire. Yeah. Uh, it's, in my opinion, not it, it's really challenging. But for me, uh, it's because it's not a very good fight. Um, I think the game does its best when you're fighting like people who have swords or spears or something like that uh, and fighting just a big monster uh, like the game's just not built for that. You know what I mean? It's more of like a Dark Souls boss or whatever. But um, Sekiro Shadows died twice. Very good game. Very good game. I was hoping to have had it beaten by the time we talked today, but I had a very busy weekend, so I didn't have a whole lot of time to play it. Uh, I am interested to hear your definitive Souls rankings once you beat this game. It's interesting because I have feelings, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I I also like I'm tempted to go and I've never finished Dark Souls one. I've never finished Dark Souls two. And those are the two that now I haven't finished. And so now I'm kind of like now there's like on your face. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now yeah. it's like, well, do I should I go back and do those? You know, yeah. I might. I might. I might not immediately. But um, damn, from does, does from software make very good games? I think it might. <laughs> I think it might. No one's ever told me that before. Yeah, I bet this um, this Armored Core game, though, it's going to be... Uh, their true colors will come out. There'll be a failed game studio. But, like, I watched, I watched a bunch of previews for it and stuff, too, and, like, I'm so excited for that game. Like, I, it went from a game where I was like, yeah, it seems like it'll be good, to now I'm like, well, I gotta play yeah, this. Yeah. Um, it's not a Souls game. You know, it's not even, like, a yeah, Souls-like, yeah, yeah. from what it seems, but um, still interesting enough. But even then, I would potentially, uh, like, argue that, I don't know if Sekiro is a Souls-like. Um, it's difficult... That's for sure, but I, 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 um, I think there's an argument to be made. But well, and just it's uh, a good, it's a good time. developer. Like you got to trust. Yes, at it's, a certain it's just point. it's just a good game by a very very talented team. So like, 
I would play anything that they make, you know? And I think, like I, I think Sekiro maybe falls out of the um, genre a little bit, but I don't think that's bad. Uh, I, I think that they just make really good games. So, uh, Sekiro. Justin, you want to talk about the news? Let's do it. Last week, early last week, or maybe mid last week, it's Tuesday, I think. We had the August 2023 Pokemon Presents, where um, the Pokemon company showed off what's in the future of Pokemon, and they showed off a whole lot of stuff, and uh, just about none of it was interesting to me. Uh, they showed off the DLC, a little bit more of the DLC for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I will not play that. I did not even finish Pokemon, whichever one I got, I think Scarlet. Um, they, yeah, they, they didn't announce like a new game or anything like that. They gave a release date for, uh, for Detective Pikachu, uh, returns, which is what October or something. Um, October 6th. But, uh, other than that, they, they announced a handful of new shows some web series and stuff like that. But, uh, anything, anything scratch your, your Pokemon itches in this? Uh, yeah. It caused me to, to, uh, boot up said, uh, Pokemon Scarlet, which, Still haven't beaten either. Um, but Did you they, get the Mew? Yeah, I got, I got me another Mew. I realized I already had one. Oops. <laughs> I'm just, you know, full of Mews over here. In um, Pokemon Scarlet, you already had a Mew? Not in Scarlet, just in my Pokemon home. Oh, okay. I think there was another event or something at some point in one of the other games that I got it. But got a little, little cute little level 5 Mew. I also got a couple other um, mystery gift Pokemon that came out. Um, I forget what they were. But, yeah, I downloaded them and I proceeded to just close my pokemon game um so i think you know that stuff is interesting i mean i don't know what i was to what i would expect at this i mean they update the dlc they update all of their ongoing properties i realized during this that pokemon sleep is out downloaded it um haven't used it yet but uh, now i have it so um (laughs) but yeah i think for me i'm not a P- detective pikachu fan i found that first nope. game very slow and i am not excited about this game but i think there is a subsect of people who are it's just not me unfortunately i, I think like that's that's the thing right like uh, a lot of people were like just really disappointed that hey no new mainline game announced and first of all i'm like you don't want that yeah, no you don't want that no no learn from your mistakes which is, it's like, oh, because they did such a good time in the amount of time they had for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, huh? That you, you're really excited for what's next? You know what I mean? Like, give them time to make it, first of all. Second of all, it's like, those games, like, I feel like they just came out. <laughs> I mean, because they, you know, not even a year ago at this point. Um, so let let the let that breathe a little bit. But then also, like, like you said, like, there's a lot of stuff in this. It's just like, none of it was for me. You yeah. Know? And, th- and that is literally 100% okay. <laughs> Um, I think it's just important to recognize that sort of stuff, you know, but have, um, have you ever uh, you've played Pokemon Stadium before? Yes or no? Maybe once it, like like not like I, I think I played the one on the GameCube, but not was again. That, I was that like, Coliseum? Oh, that's what that was. Col- Coliseum. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. it's not Stadium. Um, so, but that's yeah, that's coming to uh, Nintendo online. Uh, as well as the uh, Game Boy Color Pokemon trading card game, mm-hmm. um, which I think they're smartly going all in on all of their trading card game stuff, um, just with how fucking popular that is. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. They, they announced a, uh, a TV show, like an animated TV show of a girl who joins the Pokemon trading card 
club at her school or something like that, which I was like, oh, that's actually yeah, like an incredible idea. Path to the Peak, and it has a very like American animation style to it. Um, yeah, a, very like Pixar. Yeah, kinda yeah, like, kind of a, like a, a different kind of style. Um, which is cool. Uh, there's two animes too that that they announced, right? They oh yeah, and y- y- go on. Uh, yeah, the first one was the like the new mainline one, Pokemon Horizons. I think is the is that one mainline, whatever that means. But like, there's well, it's just like like Ash is done. Yeah, he he died coming to horrifically. an end. He died. Charizard yeah, he just bit his stone. head off. He got turned into stone when Mew and Mewtwo fought. Yeah, <laughs> and then Pikachu just didn't cry hard enough. Yeah, I remember as a child finding that to be very traumatic and very scary. <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> that, that, I think there was that moment where like Pokemon can hurt people and then you're like that, your whole thing unravels. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, yeah, what was the name of the the next uh, the other Pokemon show? Paldean Winds. Oh, yeah. It's like a, it's like a web series, though, they said, but it's also like an anime. Yeah, but it's focused on the Paldea region, which is, you know, I guess that's cool. I get if you're into that. Yeah. But all those, all those, the Pelde and Pokemon are coming in Pokemon Go as well. So, that, so all Pokemon will be in the game, Ooh. which is, I think, kind of cool. Ooh. I know a lot of people who still play that. Is Missing No on there? I don't know, but I imagine that there's like some sort of fun little Easter egg toward that, right? There's got to be. There's got to be. Like, if I were gotta a Pokemon be. maker, um, I'd first of all uh, make a Pokemon, a Tickle Me Pink one. I'll just name them after crayon colors, Mac and Cheese, and then... What other fun crayon colors are there? But anyway, then I would, um, after I named all the crayons, I'd make a missing no. Take over the world. Uh, and you know what I've been saying for years? We need more Pokemon to be added to the decks. <laughs> That's what I've been <laughs> And it's the crayon series. Not, Did you yeah, collect all the crayons? Not enough of them. Justin, I we're going to talk a lot more about Pokemon in the bonus episode today. Um, but for right now, I do want to talk about Overwatch 2. Is that okay? Can we move on? Or did you have more to say about Pokemon? Oh, we can talk about Overwatch 2 all day. So, um, Overwatch 2 currently has an overwhelmingly negative Steam uh, review, like user review page. Uh, there are currently 57,000 all-time Overwatch 2 reviews. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that, like, I don't know if the, you know how, like, Overwatch, the game died so that Overwatch 2 could live? Like, I don't know if if those reviews are all for Overwatch 2 specifically or if, like, the Steam page updated to be Overwatch 2 after being Overwatch 1. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, what they, the, this is kind of news-ish now because wasn't it recently released on um, Steam? Oh, that's right, because the, um... Because it was on the Blizzard one yeah, for the longest time. Yeah, it was on Blizzard, time. but now it's on Steam. So it was. Yes, you're yeah. right. So this is all new. Um, oh yes, August 10th, 2023 is when and this went already up. Already, so it is nearly sixty thousand, um, which is uh, truly, truly uh, uh, staggering. Uh, yeah, so only eleven percent are positive reviews um, from sixty-seven thousand players. Uh, that, that is, that is pretty bad. And I, I think that like, um, I, I, th- I think that is pretty telling of, um, of the game, you know what I mean? And, and the way people have received it. Uh, Daniel Ahmed, uh, had an interesting tweet about this. Daniel Ahmed is, um, a, uh, uh, analyst in industry analyst. Um, he works, uh, he, he does a lot of the, um, 
he'll tweet out like sales figures and stuff like that and and a- analytics on that sort of stuff. Uh, he's is a good follow if you don't already. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, but he he tweeted this. Uh, there are a handful of of things that that. Uh, he tweeted here, but he said, here's something that no English language media outlet has caught on to. Overwatch 2 currently has 100,000 reviews on Steam since launching three days ago, of which 91% are negative. So I think that's a more updated number from what we were looking at before. However, nearly two thirds of those reviews, 63,000, are written in uh, S Chinese. So I think like Southern Chinese. Um with 97% of them being negative. Alignment with international audience. On the surface, the Chinese reviews mention a lot of the same elements as reviews from the rest of the world. The lack of promised PvE content, criticism over in-game content pricing, and perceived downgrades compared to Overwatch 1 are all cited in all language reviews. But why are so many reviews from China? Most of you will be aware that Blizzard and NetEase ended their agreement for the distribution of Blizzard PC games in China, leading to the shutdown of Overwatch 2 and other titles on January 23rd, 2023. To cut a long story short, gamers in China have been upset over losing their accounts and ability to play on the national server with no announcement of a return so far. The launch on Steam is the first time that gamers can vent to an, on an open and international platform with many taking the opportunity to do so. Um, so I think that that is important context, right? That like, hey, uh, you know, people in China are upset about this game from before. And I think rightly so. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think of that? Um, I mean, it, it, that's definitely a lot to unpack. If there's ever a game, like, I don't care what your thoughts on overwatch two are. I mean, this game is not the worst game of all time. I would say that's probably, accurate. you know what I mean? I think at worst, it's like, you know, a 70, like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, uh, I, it, it, I would say at best, it is a, extremely disappointing follow-up to overwatch right 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 like um so whenever you have something that becomes the worst rated thing of all time there's a narrative to it there's a reason to it and i think part of this narrative this makes sense to me like i feel like this is something that i can look at and be like all right that kind of makes sense a little bit um now granted i think a lot of these criticisms of the game are valid it is not a great follow-up to overwatch um it's it, it's almost like they did an over like, you know how when um, Fortnite comes with a new update, it's like the Fortnite 2.0 Fortnite, you know, like, the, yeah, yeah, they basically tried to market something as a new game that it could have just been like, this is our update. And they kept it at Overwatch. You know what I mean? And it seemed and it seemed like they were in their marketing for it. I don't know if they ever explicitly said it like this, but it, it's how it felt to me at the very least. Someone who is a big fan of the original overwatch. Like this isn't just going to be a 2.0 update. This or, uh, like a overwatch 1.5. This is going to be a full new game. Yeah. yeah Cause that's and why they were doing straight that. up is not. Yeah. Yes. And it just like absolutely is not that, you know? And now there's just this negativity towards overwatch two. You can't even play the original overwatch anymore. So it doesn't even make, it makes sense why they wouldn't just have it be the 2.0 update and then have yes. it a new thing. I mean, it's almost as crazy as taking one of the most successful social media platforms of all time and then just changing it <laughs> completely to a different thing that has different terms. Uh, Justin, you know? that's actually like an incredible comparison. <laughs> that's like actually like a fantastic comparison. Overwatch 2 is X.com. <laughs> Both mean, share a lot of pornography. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> related searches, I mean. Um, yeah, no, I, I, 
you're right yeah and and i think that you're, you're so right like is this the worst game ever made no of course not but uh do is there like i think very legitimate reasons for people to be upset and mad about this Yes, yes. Especially, I think I think the the context for the people in China is uh, a very important context, right? About like the fact that this game is no longer able to be played because of the uh, the agreements between NetEase and um, Blizzard. You know, and and Blizzard is famously not a company that likes to play ball with people it doesn't like. You know. Well, so uh, yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I would also I wouldn't say NetEase is necessarily zero fault for that. Let me say this. I know nothing about NetEase. I am not uh, dying on the hill of NetEase is good. Uh, I know nothing about it. Please, please, please. Uh, under I don't know. Okay, okay so, I, so just, not- I just let's listen. I got some definitive proof here. Um, I just uh, found a Reddit article that said. As a Chinese, I can tell you all that NetEase is one of the worst gaming companies in China. So. Okay, yes, I uh, seriously, I have no, I do not have a, a horse in that race, but I have a horse in the Blizzard race, and I don't like, I don't, they make fucking good games, but I do not like them. Yeah, I don't like them at all as a company or as a body. So, um, there you go. <laughs> um, Justin, the Twisted Metal show came out. Did you have you watched it? Or are you watching that week to week or whatever I they have, did? For that? I think they put it out all at once. I have not. Yeah. Initially, I thought this was going to be the worst fucking show of all time. The cast was bad. Like the cast announcement was, was bad. Odd. The photos, yeah. the photos we saw. Yeah, odd, the clip I, I saw. What was that during? Uh, was it a conference? Was it was something we saw a clip of it? We were forced to watch yeah, uh, a clip of must Anthony have been a Jeff Keeley. Yeah, right. We were forced to watch um, it. I was like, this is going to be terrible. There's no way I'm going to watch this. I kind of want to watch uh, it now. According to Deadline, in the two weeks since the video game adaptation launched, it has become the streamer's most binged comedy premiere to date. According to NBC uh, NBC Universal, the average account watched about three episodes per sitting, with some opting to knock out all ten in a single viewing window. Um, So it's competing against stuff like Bel Air, The Best Man, Final Chapters, Poker Face. And based on a true story, uh, I've only heard of Bel Air, so I don't know what that says to you about that. But um, <laughs> apparently, people are people are uh, watching a lot of this and also liking it um, um, quite a bit. I don't know. I don't have an affinity, like an affinity for Twisted Metal as a series, so like the name of that doesn't do anything for me. Um, but yeah, apparently, people think it's it's pretty solid, which is surprising. On top of that, um, it, we haven't heard like like official news necessarily saying like that they are have greenlit um, Uncharted Two, like the movie. But uh, what would they say? Um, oh, the director, what is his name? Something here, Roven. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but I have his last name. His last name is Roven. Um, uh, Charles Roven. We, that was the producer Charles Roven was of un, the Uncharted movie said um, they are definitely looking to make another one of those and that fans really liked it, um, which is interesting because like my like, I guess just very you know limited exposure to it. Uh, the fans did not seem to really like the Uncharted movie. That said, I do know that it made a lot of money. And uh, my hot take is it's as good, if not better than the games. <laughs> um 
but I guess that's just me. But apparently Sony is kind of killing it in terms of its non-video game efforts to uh, make its gaming franchises into sort of cross-media things. So, what do you think? So going to, let's let's start off with Twisted Metal. I'm surprised that people like it. I just looked um, on IMDb uh, yep. at the ratings of it. The first few episodes are hanging around a mid to low seven. The last few start to hit the eight. The last one is an 8.7. Take a mm. user review for what it is, but I usually tend that to be a general good sense of what people think about a show a show that gets better sounds interesting i don't know i'll probably watch it i'll binge it i'll be one of those people to binge this comedy show sure um the uncharted movie ended up at the box office uh 407 400 and wait i'm getting two different numbers it's either 401.7 million or 407.1 million uh dollars worldwide like, good, not great, but you also have to think about this came out in February 18th of 2022, a time where people were still like, are movies a thing? <laughs> like, you know, like uh, this was, you know, after COVID and I think the you know film industry was struggling a little bit. And this persevered with a pretty big box office number at that point. I was going to say 407 million and especially for a budget of 120 million. That's huge. Like, it's not terrible. Like that's a yeah. profit. And that's even with the COVID context in it. So to yes. me, like, I think if you're a studio being like, people want to see this. Um, I think if anything, and you add the last of us onto this, I think Sony gets what it's doing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, and like, you can laugh all you want, but like Sony pictures is like a good, Clearly, they know what they're doing with movies, and they're they're finding ways to make these uh, video game movies accessible to people and and good enough that people want to watch them. Uh, what the the uh, what's the Gran Turismo movie? I like. I know I like video games. I think that looks like an interesting enough story, and it's based on real events. It it, it seems like interesting enough, right? Like for for what that is, like it sounds kind of neat. You know what I mean as a concept and and whatever, but like. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, w I would say that, like, Sony Pictures has a pretty, um, uh, like, hit or miss, I would say, with, with a lot of stuff. Like, they did, like, the Emoji Movie and Morbius and Venom, you know what I mean? Uh, which I would not say are, like, incredible films. Uh, but, I, like, I, I think that, the way that they are currently handling like the video game adaptation stuff, I think is, is pretty, um, pretty solid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even then, like, I don't think Venom is a particularly good movie, but, uh, the box office on that was Venom two was five, uh, 106 million. Uh, Venom one box office was, uh, 856 million worldwide. Jeez. So, like, I mean, still, they're making money with these things, whether if they're, yes. like, great films or not. Um, so, I don't know. I'm interested. It, like, we're in a world now where video game movies aren't made fun of. Like, you can legitimately have good properties, like, video game properties turned into Emmy-nominated shows, uh, which, hey, I think that's awesome. Just makes yeah. just makes video games less of a niche, uh, like, market, makes it more mainstream for people and... You know, when you have a you know thirty three year old high school English teacher who says I play video games, maybe one day kids won't look at me and be like, "So how much Call of Duty do you play?" You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, if if you were asked that, how would you respond? Uh, none. 
I haven't played since Black Ops 2. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. I liked I liked that you got to make choices in the narrative. Yep. And did they ultimately matter? Um, I played that game a lot. I did go th- back and try to do like all the different branching choices and whatever. I mean, they like changed like the levels. Was that the that one you that played. you had to pay respects to people? No, no, no. Press that F. was um, it, it, that was Ghost. afterwards. Uh, maybe I don't know. Press, um, press F to pay respects. I think uh, anytime Call of Duty tries to take something seriously, it is very silly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it is either extraordinarily silly with like you know press f to pay respect or um it is extremely tone deaf and doesn't like get what it's doing you know what i mean they try to tell uh, me that i could shoot a gun in space you cannot shoot that kind of gun in space like that they're not making these can space you not? bullets is that not how that works no i don't know anything about i don't know anything about how guns work uh i'm neil degrasse tyson probably has a video about it I don't like him though. He's such a he's such a dick. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, like like I mean, yeah. if I was surrounded by toddlers in, like in like like toddler level intellect and I had to like teach them yeah, I constantly, yeah, I might yeah. personally be a little bit of a dick to them. Yeah, no, I I think that is that is fair. Um I just I really like uh he he said like after the Star Wars Force Awakens came out, he's like, Well there's just no way that BBA would work in the sand. It's all CG. But then they just like showed pictures of like behind the scenes. Like, no, it's just a robot. <laughs> he works. I don't know. Go what figure, to tell you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, Ubisoft announced today. This is breaking news. Holy shit. Breaking news, oh, Justin. How often do we get to do this? I don't know. Should I feel like I need to break something. I don't have anything around me to break. I'm in a very empty room right um, now. Yeah, I'm not going to throw My coffee this. mug, it's it says a- dog dad. That would probably scare the dog. That's really cute. Is there any coffee in it? I finished it. Okay, but it was probably still, there's probably like some like some some. Well, he likes coffee. Sometimes I just give it to him. Can, I assume you know that dogs can have coffee. I right? hope so because there's sometimes I like I like I just kind of give him food that I think is safe and then it's it's always weird stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, it's onions. It's, it's like Who the fuck thought. Or like garlic, yeah, you know, yeah. They just don't um, like seasoning. That's the that's their problem. Ba- yeah, everything bagels. Like, <laughs> and screw that. That kills them immediately. <laughs> yeah, but they just they don't like you know it, it's too bready for them. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? Ubisoft, <laughs> right? Assassin's Creed Mirage. Um, this game, like, uh, I, okay. I know I liked Assassin's Creed Valhalla probably more than I should have, um, but for whatever reason, Assassin's Creed Mirage has had me feeling like optimistic like I, but like for whatever reason i have like still have this like feeling of like assassin creed sucks now feelings about the series but assassin's creed mirage has kind of like excited me just because it's like it seems like it might be a return to form and and like leaving behind like all the like in my opinion shallow rpg stuff and and like cutting off all the bloat by being a 30 hour game as opposed to 150 you know um well it was originally going to be releasing on October 12th of late of this year. And now it's been moved up to October 5th. So it gets to, to be, what is that? 12 minus five, seven, one full week early. I can't believe I just did that in my head. That's, that's pretty insane. That's pretty impressive. I know. I know it sounds like it's a joke. Uh, I cannot believe I just eyeballed that 
and uh, and got that. Um, so people are speculating that it is because they're trying to get out of the window that October 12th was uh, sort of setting up for Assassin's Creed because um, October 10th, you have Forza Motorsport comes out. Then October 17th is Alan Wake 2. And then uh, Spider-Man 2 and Super Mario Bros. Wonder come out on October 20th, trying to pull a little Barbenheimer thing right there. So they, people have said like, hey, you know, this might be uh, a, a way to get out of the window of all of those other incredible games. I don't know if it always works like that, um, especially with like a major studio like this. I don't know if, if that's something that they really uh, care about. You know what I mean? One of those like doesn't matter what anyone else is doing as long as we're doing a good job sort of thing. Uh, but how do you feel about this? Yeah, I mean, great that they're releasing it earlier. I mean, if they can send it out earlier, uh, no big deal. Uh, I, I think that's interesting. It's always interesting when when they're confident enough in a game to release it early. Like, they know that they're in a good spot with it, that they can release it early. It makes me feel a bit more confident in the game. Um because clearly they're like, oh, we can actually, we, we did well on this. We did a good job. Good job, Ubisoft. This DLC that we've been developing for two years, we got done. <laughs> uh, it is one of those things, though, where like, I, like Ubisoft is not necessarily known for like quality in terms of like performance and like bugs and stuff like that. Like Assassin's Creed games are like notorious for being like just buggy messes at launch. And so for them to say, like, you know what, we do not need that additional seven days of work in order to be able to to patch this thing up. Um, I like I understand the confidence of like like the excitement of like, oh, they feel confident and that's exciting. But there's also part of me that's like, oh, no, oh, no, because it seems like Ubisoft games tend to come down to the wire in terms of like when they get completed, you know, so that makes me a little nervous just given Ubisoft's past. But. Um, I don't know, but if a game is, is smaller for them, that also does fill me with confidence to say like, oh yeah, you know, they, they've been working on this for a few years and if it is smaller, they will have the time to be able to look at the, the details and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, that's I, just how I feel. I, I, maybe it just also shows that they're really afraid of Alan Wake too, or maybe they're really afraid of Lords of the Fallen, not to be confused with Lords of the Fallen that came out a few years ago. This is the new Lords of the Fallen not a remake, not a remaster. That is true. That is true. Um, Lords of the Fallen, again, not to be confused with Lords of the Fallen from 2014. Uh, although a bunch of previews went up and people said it looked, it was pretty good. I mean, maybe. People I trust said it was pretty good. Maybe, but which one was good? Lords of the Fallen or Lords of the Fallen? Lords of the Fallen. Got it. I'm interested. Yeah, Lords of the Fallen was not good. Lords of the Fallen was good. Yes. Previewed good, but yeah, got it. Clear. Yes. Clear as I love day. the fallen. By the way, there's a. If you are interested in, um, uh, if you're interested in the idea of like Souls games and stuff like that, and and what makes From Software a good developer, um, there's a great video review of Lords of the Fallen. Uh, sorry, the first one. <laughs> um, by Iron Pineapple. Iron Pineapple. He makes videos uh, that are like I played, you know, twelve Soul, Souls games on Steam. Um, and it's all like really, really like student projects and like really, really like tiny little indie stuff. Um, but he made a whole a video devoted to Lords of the Fallen because it was like the first like triple A Souls like game to come out uh, after Dark Souls. And it is a really, really good look into why the ideas of Dark Souls don't necessarily like work if they are divorced from the like design. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, like the talent of a studio like FromSoft. But, yeah. 
Uh, I think it's very interesting. But yeah, so so Assassin's Creed though moved up a little bit. Um, a bunch of people love to be like the last good, the last game that got moved up in, in its release date was um, was <laughs> Resident Evil Six, and then I'm like, seen the Blade Chronicles Three. Oh yeah, that's a great film game. Great wow. game. <laughs> I mean, you watch a lot of it. That's fair. Yeah, it's, a lot of cut scenes in that. <laughs> that was not meant to be shady, but but yeah, you're right. It is yeah. like pretty much a movie. Um, yeah, no, I I think that it's it's the sort of thing like I, I would say that we are looking too deep into it. It will either be good or be bad, well, and the release date moving by one week will not determine whether it is good or bad. I, I do have to say, there was another game that came out that they actually released earlier than they were going to. And it's also the um, highest reviewed game of 2023. Baldur's Gate 3? Yeah, they released the PC version earlier than the PlayStation version because it was fucking ready. They're like, let's do no. it, guys. Let's get out, let's get the, it out there. So maybe Assassin's Creed Mirage is gonna score a 98 yeah. on Metacritic. But but the it won't, PS5 but version will not be released yet. It'll they'll, that is they'll, correct. they'll delay yes, that one. Gonna, Move it up. Yes. Um, I don't know this this game like I want to play and I'm interested in it but we we shall see you know if it's a ten out of ten I might consider playing it yes other than that I, I, I will not play it this year or maybe ever I would agree if there's one follow mission I'm throwing a controller at that game I uh, can guarantee you that there is yep. <laughs> like I'm just gonna say right now there absolutely is a t- uh, one, at least one at least one mission. I don't know, fuck that yeah um, so. On Twitter, twitter.com, or sorry, x.com, uh, a, an account called BWE, um, Boy? who is, a, their, their Twitter bio reads as follows, PhD candidate in cybersecurity, independent PS4 and PS5 software developer, and reverse engineer um, from Australia, down under. Oh, um, is this you? It is me. It's me from three years ago, or when was that? Five years in ago. that wow. time, man, um, flat circle <laughs> time, time, you know, space, time, speed, you know how it all goes. Um, posted a video of them holding what appears to be a PS5 Slim. Uh, it looks basically exactly identical to the PS5 with the disc drive, but it's uh, I mean, it is like significantly smaller. Um, it seems to be lighter because he's holding it just with, with just with one hand, um, and it has like this like cut through the center of it of the two plates in kind of like an angular way um so we've been hearing about the ps5 slim for a while i think it does make sense um that one would be coming given the fact that they have been discounting playstations left and right all over the place um this video i think um i don't know i don't know if it's real or not i don't know um but i would say that given everything else we've seen about the ps5 slim and the buzz that we've been seeing for it and whatever else i would say that yeah this seems pretty legit you know what if to what turn to, it on you, you had to like pull the two parts apart so it's just as tall as the original one like that it's like a like a mechanical thing that, that line in the middle you just pull it up and then it like slides out what if that was how it worked <laughs> so it's the same size I, it's just the same exact size and maybe this guy is just really strong grip like he's just get like ripped for like if he, if, he can, if he if he can't palm a basketball then it's small. If he can palm a basketball, he's just got some great hand strength. Um, yeah. 
So my take on this, 3D printing is amazing. You can do a lot of things with it. This screams to me that it is something that could potentially have just been 3D printed. Um, and maybe through the, uh, what's the word, the um, like grapevine kind of changed a little bit to this person finding it and being like, it's it. I don't know. I, I'm not buying this. If it looks like this, great. But I, I, I'd have to hear an announcement. And even then, if this is a leak... Okay, they're coming out with a slim, the size of a notebook. Yeah, and, and like at the end of the day, for me personally, like this just doesn't matter to me because I just won't buy it because I don't need it because I have a perfectly fine PlayStation 5. Well, if it comes um, with an OLED screen, I might buy it. Yeah, that's actually very true, very true. Yeah. Uh, and improved uh, 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 joy And I need new Joy-Cons um, anyway, so maybe I'll just get exactly it. Exactly, right, know? yeah. Does this play Zelda? Um, what's that? Does this play Zelda, the slim? Um, you could potentially shove the cartridge into like the USB port, but uh, you know, I don't. You really might have know. to lick it first so it can fit in. <laughs> so, have you licked a Switch cartridge like lately? Uh, they still do it. They still do that shit. Yeah. They still coat it in whatever that is. Yeah, in in grossness. Um, I, I find like sometimes when I'm like taking one cartridge out and putting another one in, I, I put it in my mouth sometimes. Not a, like because <laughs> I want to taste it, just to like hold it because there's only so many things. You put it in your mouth? What, do are you are you doing this like you don't have a table available or anything? Yeah, I mean, usually it's like my case is in my lap. I'm holding it. I'm holding the other thing. I have like two yeah, in my okay, hand. Right, I'm not gonna like right, it's, okay, you know. okay. No, I, I it does make sense, but it still baffles me just a little bit. Yeah, but it's also like you know, kind of like maybe I'll taste it. It'll be really bad and gross. I mean, you know, it's really bad and it's really gross. So that'll that'll do it for you, um, Justin. Here's something interesting: Neil Druckmann, uh, writer of The Last of Us Two uh, and the TV show. I think he directed one of the episodes of the TV show and all of that. Uh, he's, I think, believe the co-studio like lead or something of of Naughty Dog. Um, he, uh, changed his Instagram bio recently. Oh, and I think that that's kind of a funny, uh, thing to report on, but, um, it says this now, Neil Druckmann, co-studio head, head of creative Naughty Dog, uh, executive producer of The Last of Us HBO, writer slash director, unannounced game, hmm. um, which I think is interesting. Uh, I, I don't know, a year ago at this point? He tweeted out saying like that he has the, like pitched and written an idea for The Last of Us 3. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it was the sort of thing where everyone was really excited. And he, I think, clarified even in the tweet, like, this does not mean that it is greenlit. This does not mean really anything. Um, just that I pitched this because I think there's a story to be told, which I think is great. And um, like makes sense that they would do more Last of Us stuff. Um, so it's unclear if this is Last of Us related, if this is Stray's Cross, which is the rumored game that, I mean, they've it's a game that's been rumored to be in development at Naughty Dog since I worked at Game Rant in the year 2021. So a lot of time for them to not say anything about this game. But they also, they have said recently uh, about like The Last of Us 2's announcement and how that, I think got announced like what, 2014 or something like that? Or 2015 maybe? And like, they're just, it, it took six years or seven years for that game to come out, you know? Um, 
What do you think of this? What, where did, what's your take on this? Yeah, no shit he's coming up with an unannounced game. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like Naughty Dog isn't just sitting there doing nothing. Um, so, I mean, this could be a sequel. It could be a lot of things. I think this is just subtle, uh, cheap marketing. And I trust this a lot more than any blue box game studio kind of hype thing. But, like, it gets people talking about it. Someone notices it. People start, you know, getting it. You're... you're Ramping up for an announcement of a game. I'm sure Neil Druckmann is writing and directing another game. I hope it's another Last of Us game because I want to get it soon. I want that in my veins. But I don't know. I uh, uh, It's the sort of thing where it's like hard to feel like super excited because, uh, yeah, he's writing more stuff. Yeah, like, yes, that is um, what... If I were in charge of Neil Druckmann, would have him do. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so um, we'll see where that goes. Um, whatever. What did the woman who co-wrote Last of Us 2 go on to do? She was from TV, wasn't she? Did, she did like writing for like Chernobyl or something. Did like that? she write? Did she write Abby's side of the game? Yeah, they, they split it up evenly. Haley Gross, by the way, is her name. Um it would make sense, Let's you know, see. the Rat King is in that section. Her last name is, is Gross. Yeah. Rat King I wonder, was I wonder gross. how often she got that as a kid. I wonder, you know what I mean? Hmm. Um, she's currently working on the season two of The Last of Us. Well, not currently. Um, <laughs> Strikes. Not currently, yes. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't know anything about her. She, she could... She, our birthdays are one day apart, by the way. You should know one everyone who is within a day of your birth. Stanley, born on the same day as me. Um, Nakey Jakey from YouTube. <laughs> Nakey Jakey, you go from Stan Lee to Nakey Jakey. Nakey Jakey is, I think, probably one of the best creators on YouTube. Um, he has an excellent Last of Us Part Two video that I personally disagree with, but I think it's an excellent, truly excellent piece of um, writing there. Um, Haley Gross, though, uh, uh, Westworld was what. She she's best known for writing two episodes of Westworld. Um, so wow. there you go. Uh, Justin, I think I think that kind of does it in terms of um, video game news, unless something else is going to break here on a Monday at eight o'clock in the, in the evening. I mean, that's kind of prime uh, time to announce stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Although we are like it's it, like jokes aside, not the it's not the time for announcements we're in leak leak territory you know what i mean this is when people start posting videos of them playing with a ps5 slim he's like look at how strong my hands are someone's gonna Um, like this video do you think that um sony would be the type of company now that you remember when the xbox series x basically or s leaked in full and then microsoft like that next morning was like fuck it here it is (laughs) you know what i mean like do you think sony would be the type of company to to, uh, do that and just do a full reveal outside of its intended window. Yeah, depending on how big the release was, like how big the leak was. Because at a certain point, you got to control the marketing. Um, I yeah. know, it, like even if they had like a thing planned, they would probably have to get ahead of that. Like I would assume that's good PR. But I'm not a PR person. I barely deal with social media. Um, yeah, I tweet. Wh- it would surprise me. Yeah, you. It would. Uh, just because. Yeah, just because I think I think Sony tends to be a little bit more tight knit than xbox i think like like xbox shows up to the family function wearing uh cargo shorts right (laughs) and um 
PlayStation is showing up like wearing slacks, like huh. like like not jeans, but like nice pants. You know what I mean? Not not like dress pants for sure, but um, and then Nintendo shows up wearing floaties. I I do want to um, throw out the moment where Sony was at E3 and they're uh, they're talking about the next PlayStation price, and this is after the whole Xbox debacle, and they just say. Two ninety nine, and then or then when they I think it was that same year where they um, showed like made a like thirty second video of like how to share games with friends. Yep, yeah, just, on PlayStation Four, just handing each other a disc. Yeah, um, I will say that is not a Jim Ryan run PlayStation. No, 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 no. That was what was the name of that guy? Remember the guy, the PlayStation Three guy? It wasn't PS Three guy. <laughs> That's Kevin Butler. What? Kevin Butler? Kevin Butler? Oh, apparently apparently he was fake. I didn't realize he was a character. Isn't Kevin Butler um, a football player? He was like the Bears kicker when they won the Super Bowl. You know, I I I could I truly I don't think know. During this super hmm. I don't know. But Kevin Butler, he was like he was funny. He did like all the marketing for P- the PS3 as um as this character, Kevin Butler. Jerry Lambert is the name of the actor. Um, he was in all of the It Only Does Everything commercials. Although I thought for some... I guess because I was a child when all this was happening, I assumed that he was the com- the CEO. <laughs> he actually might have been. He, he was not. Joke's on us. Um, oh, because he starred as the fictitious vice president of PlayStation in those um, things. So... Not like not entirely um, um, uh, off for me to to have yeah. thought that, but um, no, that that is a uh, those days of PlayStation are long gone. Goodbye. <laughs> I would say. Now we just every every PlayStation showcase, Jim Ryan shows up looking dry as fuck, <laughs> looking like he needs a glass of water <laughs> and some lotion, and to loosen his tie um, a little bit. It's just a little like keeping his head. Yeah. But then, but then, like uh, Phil Spencer shows up in a quarter zip, just like hamming it up, like a death leopard you know I mean? t-shirt, a quarter zip, like blah. yeah, and, and jeans, right? Being like Starfield is the best game I've ever played in my whole fucking life, and it's like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says Persona Five Royale. Um, so there you go. That is uh, the news for this week, Justin. I want to give our listeners a reminder. To join our, our our Discord server, the link to that is in the description of this episode. If you're interested, if you're interested in supporting us monetarily, though, Patreon.com/slash/HitboxPod become a one dollar podcast producer or a three dollar deluxe podcast producer, like Jay Noel or Dave Parker. If you can't support us there, all good. Follow us on Twitter.com at HitboxPod. Make sure to review, rate this episode in your podcast player of choice. We do not want to become like Overwatch. I would say that we are. Um, better than Overwatch 2. Can I? Do, does that seem fair, Justin? Yeah, I think so. I think it's pretty fair. I don't know if we're. I don't know if we're better than Overwatch One. I think. I think my goal is to make sure that Hitbox becomes better than Overwatch One, um, eventually. But we're definitely better than Overwatch Two. I, I think that feels fair. But right? is there a difference? Yes, I would say. I would say absolutely yes. One, you can play as Devo, right? And one doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> cool. Uh, right. Got it. 
Did you say diva or Stevo? <laughs> diva. <laughs> I couldn't. The way like Discord kind of like <laughs> kind of cut out for me. Uh, well, yeah, you probably could Steve-o. get a, a Stevo skin. Stevo skin. Uh, he's been. He's the new character for season. I don't know nine or whatever they're on now. Um, how how quickly I was so excited for Overwatch two, and then it came out, and I was like, okay, I'll play this for two more hours, and then I'm done forever. Yeah. If only they've made that game with like mech suits and dinosaurs, I might play that. Yeah, yeah, where you're fighting 8 billion T-Rexes at once or whatever they're called. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin, am I forgetting anything? No, you're, you did a great job today. You did an awesome job. And I got to say, when I talk to you, like these episodes never feel long, but like sometimes I'm actually startled when we've been talking about food for like 20 minutes and you're like, we got to stop. The intros, <laughs> the intros get away from us because uh, while, you know, it, it is fun to chit-chat with you about your feelings on video games, usually the intros are us just just literally catching up. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then it's like, no, we gotta, we gotta stop this. Um, but I, the only thing I forgot to say was to remember that old games are old. Bye. Bye. I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>